to express yourself where teens talk and the world listens presented by star style productions as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity you'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters meet and chat with cool celebrities exhilarating experts and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know it's time to kick off the fun with our star teens welcome to express yourself as if you were to die tomorrow and learn as if you were to live forever. Mahatma Gandhi. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We are a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. From Cynthia Bryan, producer of Express Yourself and Star Style Productions, we bring this program to the airwaves as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity, a top nonprofit honored by GuideStar and great nonprofits. I'm Andrea Smith, and today's show is about careers and education. First off, Be The Star You Are has recently begun our 22nd year of service. We want to thank everyone who has volunteered and supported BTSYA over the years. We are thrilled to be serving the world. If you'd like to help us celebrate being a top nonprofit with a donation, please visit www.btsya.org. Every dollar counts, and we will use the funds for our outreach programs. And I'm Siri Panindra. During the pandemic, as part of our disaster relief outreach program, Be The Star You Are showcases authors, artists, actors, musicians, and many, many other creatives who have had their performances canceled due to the pandemic. So make sure you're tuned in to Wednesdays with Writers and Performers, as well as Super Smart Sundays both broadcasting right here on the Voice America Network. We have a fantastic show planned for you all today, and it revolves around education and careers. In segment two, you'll meet Mark Hirschberg, who is the author of the Career Toolkit. In segment three, we'll be having Jay's Sports World return with his newest piece. And right now, we're so excited to welcome Jack with his segment, Trends Without Ends. Hi, Jack. How are you doing today? Hello, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm really happy to be back uh, with my segment, Trends Without Ends, today. Um, today, I'm going to be sharing some tips for online learning because as a result of COVID-19, many of us students have to take our high school classes remotely. And I know while some kids are enjoying this, a lot of people are actually finding this um, pretty challenging. So aside from the occasional technical glitches, a big problem with online learning is mainly staying engaged and paying attention. Because let's face it, being isolated at home and taking classes over Zoom is pretty difficult for both the student and the teacher. Because students complain about not being friends um, with you know the other students and it's harder to connect. And another common complaint is that their teachers are definitely not as effective as teaching remotely. 
And students are starting to realize that having no real schedule and a lot of downtime actually makes it more difficult to stay focused on the fact that they're actually attending school and are expected to maintain grades because not being in school kind of gives the illusion that a lot of stuff seems more optional than it really is. So I'm going to provide a few tips to overall just uh, perform better in online learning. So the first tip is to get up in the morning and don't sleep in. Whatever you need to do, just get uh, shower, get dressed, just wake up um, early or, you know, it's like at a reasonable time. It might seem like a simple thing, but getting prepared for your class, uh, including like getting out of your pajamas and eating breakfast can definitely help put you in the right mindset for being attentive in your online studies rather than, you know, sleeping in till 8.59 for a class that starts at 9 and then just turning on your computer in bed while you're still like half asleep. Uh, the second tip I would give is to schedule your time because the comfort of attending school from home can be pretty distracting if you're not disciplined about scheduling your time. So make sure that whether you, whether it's a planner or a calendar, you should detail how your day is going to be structured because this way it will prevent you from procrastinating and putting off all of your work until it's late at night. My third tip would be to make an intentional study space at your house. Um, it's Although it can be nice to take Zoom from your own room, um, it can be you know pretty distracting because a lot of people have distracting things in their room. So if you have a designated study area to do your work in your homework that has all of your like books and pens and notebooks and everything else that you need, it kind of um, gets you in the mindset that you're ready to work only when you're in that space. And then when you're in your room, you can actually, you know, use that as your room and just relax and enjoy it. The fourth tip I'll give is to make sure if you can to ask questions in Zoom, because it's it's definitely a lot harder to pay attention and it's easy to fall behind. And I know at least for me, a lot of my classes don't have textbooks um, in that good of a structure. So if you are getting lost, I would definitely recommend asking questions to the teachers because they're they're just as confused and you know new to Zoom as you are. So they'll be happy to help. The fifth tip I'd give is to study in small groups if you can, whether this is on Zoom or if you're able to study in person in a small group. Uh, I definitely recommend trying to do that because studying with friends can help engage you. And it's just overall a good way to make learning a little bit more enjoyable. Um, the sixth tip I'll give is to get the right gear if you need it, meaning uh, you might want to invest in a pair of head headphones or earbuds that have a microphone. Just uh, especially like no, noise, reduction, noise reduction headphones are pretty helpful just because they eliminate distractions. Um, number seven would be to take in-between class breaks and try not to leave the house for too long or at all during school hours or breaks between class um, because there's no there's no scheduled breaks or like lunch or bells but it's important you know that you still give yourself breaks but you don't completely disengage from school for the day um, and then the last tip I'd give is just to make sure that you get outside a little bit every day because it also can be easy to get stuck inside on zoom the whole day and then doing homework after that but it's still important to get outside and, you know, get fresh air and clear, clear your mind 
of school so that you're not constantly stressing about your academic work. I absolutely loved your segment, Jack. I know for me, um, adjusting to virtual school was really difficult. And um, some I'm definitely going to apply some of your tips to like my everyday learning at school because sometimes I feel like I'm not engaged enough or focused enough because I'm just distracted. Um, I know personally what I have the most trouble with is that I always stay in my bed. So I definitely need to have a designated study space. And so I wanted to ask you, are there are are there useful sites for some online tutoring, especially since we can't visit with our teachers if we are having problems with understanding? Um, yeah, yeah, there's there's lots of useful sites to study from. Um, one, one of the main ones that I know everyone uses, um, or like I know I know a lot of people that use this Khan Academy. They have oh, great yes. tutorials. Yeah, yeah, they have like great tutorials for like sciences and math. So if you're struggling in math, I definitely recommend checking out Khan Academy. Um, and then sites like Quizlet can be helpful for just reviewing vocabulary because oftentimes there's already like pre-made Quizlets for like languages or just any any class that has a lot of vocabulary. And another site I recommend um, looking into is just YouTube. If you need help figuring something out, oftentimes if you search it in YouTube, there's a good chance you'll find a decent explanation there. Yep, absolutely. I'd just like to emphasize that Khan Academy is a great resource, and um, I believe that they have implemented something for SAT and ACT, so definitely like high schoolers who um, have to take that standardized exam. I know Khan Academy provides like fantastic practice sets. Um, so Jack, I want you to ask that there are many distractions at home uh, for learning remotely, and how do you personally deal with these distractions? Um, well, I think it really depends on what the distractions are. Um, because if you are in a household with younger siblings that are, you know, maybe running around or making noise, that, that can be um, pretty distracting. Um, as opposed to if you have like an apartment to yourself the whole day or you're like an only child, then that would definitely make it easier to study. Um, but I'd recommend if there's background noise and distracting things like that, then the best solution would be to get noise-canceling headphones just so you can really um, kind of concentrate on what's going on. And I think this probably applies to everyone. The, the biggest distraction is definitely your phone because I know like 99% of people take Zooms on their laptop, so it's really easy during class to just go on your phone so I'd recommend if you if you really don't want to get distracted, then I would just turn off your phone at the beginning of class and set it aside. And yeah, like odds are you're probably not going to want to turn it back on to use it because you'll be like a lot more conscious of it turning back on than if you just pick it up and are sort of like aimlessly scrolling through it. So I would definitely recommend just putting away your phone and getting noise canceling headphones if you really want to um, eliminate distractions. Yeah, I know I definitely need to do that. Um, when I look at my screen time at the end of the week, I'm like shocked. I'm just, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely, 
it's it's hard to like focus in class and have your phone right next to you with like constant notifications on Snapchat, Instagram, all these different social medias. And so I definitely agree that putting the phone away, turning it off, that is the way to go. And um, I also wanted to ask you, is remote learning for high school the same as taking an online class from a reputable remote learning site? Um, I, I definitely don't think it is. It, I mean, it's similar in the, in the sense that you're still learning a concept over um, like an online class. But I, I think the main difference is that online classes that are designed to be online classes and have been designed to be online classes for a long time are, um, they're, they're like deliberate, everything in the lesson plan is very deliberate and geared towards online learning. And I think the main problem with learning for most students currently is that um, every like high schooler or middle schooler um, or e even a lot of kids in college, the, the professors and teachers are just as new to Zoom as all the students are. So I've definitely noticed that the past three years of high school for me that have not been on Zoom have been way more structured than this year on Zoom because the teachers are learning too. So I, I would just recommend um, being patient with your teachers because they're trying their best and to make sure that you're not, uh, the best way to not fall behind in that sense too, I'd recommend like emailing your teachers if you're confused um, just because they'll they'll be happy to help and send more resources if you need it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Jack, I'll definitely keep all of your tips in mind when studying, um, especially making some time to go outside and embrace nature. Um, I feel that we spend so much time in front of our screens, especially now that our entire education system is now based on you know, Zoom and laptop. So definitely, um, listeners, make sure you go outside and go on a hike, especially early morning hikes. Um, those really set your energy levels for the rest of the day. Um, well, thank you so much, Jack. I truly enjoyed our conversation, and it, it was an important conversation to be had. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Yes, thank you so much, Jack, again. And listeners, show your love for more segments by donating to the BTSYA 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at bethestarur.org. And listeners, keep listening for more as we interview our guest, Mark Hirschberg, in the next segment. what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. 
If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with us at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com and the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For teens, by teens, and about teens, tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on Express Yourself every Sunday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Smart, tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out. Express Yourself. Visit the website for the show to find out more at ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com and check out the show on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Sunday. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show visit expressyourselfteenradio.com now back to our star teens thanks for staying with us here at Express Yourself on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. I'm so excited to welcome onto the show Mark Hirschberg, the author of the Career Toolkit, Essential Skills for Success That No One Taught You. From tracking criminals and terrorists on the dark web to creating marketplaces and new authentic authentication systems, Mark has spent his career launching and developing new ventures at startups and Fortune 500s and in academia. Additionally, he helped start the Undergraduate Practice Opportunities Program, dubbed MIT's Career Success Accelerator, where he teaches annually. And at MIT, he received a BS in Physics a BS in Electrical Engineering and Computer Science, and a Master of Engineering in Electrical Engineering and Computer Science, focusing on cryptography. At Harvard Business School, Mark helped create a platform used to teach finance at prominent business schools. We are so thrilled to have him on the show with us today. Welcome to Express Yourself, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here today. Yes, same here. So let's get started. My first question is about your book, The Career Toolkit. Um, It provides individuals with dozens of actionable principles, exercises, and practices that will accelerate their success. So what is the ultimate message that readers would want to get out of your book? When you go to high school or college, you're going to take a number of classes that will teach you domain-specific skills. That might be accounting or marketing or acting, whatever it is, but it turns out to be successful in life. There are a whole bunch of these implicit skills we never actually teach you. And these are skills you've probably heard of, but have never been formally taught. So skills such as leadership, networking, communications, 
even things like negotiations, learning to manage your manager. You've heard these terms before, but at no point have your teacher said, hey, here's how to do this. And by investing a little time in learning these skills, no matter what your level, whether you're in high school or whether you're 20 years into your career, these skills are going to help you do so much better in your jobs and your overall career. Yes, I completely agree. I think that a lot of times I know a lot of my friends and I, it's like the common like thought that at school we are taught to memorize and regurgitate stuff on a test. But then when it comes to things that like actually matter, like taxes or just um, skills for careers and that type of thing, it's like we're in the dark on that. And so how do you think that we should go about learning these skills? Great question. These skills are different than what you typically learn. Take, for example, a math class. That's where you should learn some formulas. You memorize it. You learn how to apply it. And it's just root practice. But when it comes down to networking or leadership, there's not a simple formula you can memorize. And so the best way to learn these skills is to read up a little, and you can do so in my book, but you can also just do so by searching for articles online or reading many other great books on the topic, getting some of your friends to do it so you can discuss it with your friends. You don't have to debate with your friends what's the right chemistry formula. You all saw it in class. There's one right answer here. There's no debate. But when it comes to what's the best way to lead or what's the best way to approach someone to get an internship, there's more than one answer. So having that discussion with your friends will help give you different perspectives. So I would advise as you learn these skills, do it as a group. And then most importantly, practice, practice, practice. No one ever became a great golfer or public speaker just by reading books and talking with friends. You do have to practice these skills to get better at them. Absolutely. I just like to emphasize that practice is so important and it's it's definitely needed in any um, kind of field that you go into. And so moving on to my next question, um, as a student studying CS at UC Berkeley, I'm really, really impressed by your background. And I'm especially intrigued by your master's thesis, which was about securing electronic voting over the World Wide Web. And I always have this root question in mind. We are so advanced in terms of internet reach and technology. Why don't we have a foolproof internet voting system? What are your thoughts on that? It's a very common question. And unfortunately, it's not as simple as anything else we do. We think about banking. Well, banking is secure now, right? I can transfer money. I don't have to worry about it being stolen or intercepted. But the reality is my bank knows exactly how much money I'm transferring, right? If I go and spend money at some vendor and tell my bank, transfer $17.32 to this merchant, I do so securely, but my bank sees that. And with voting, the issue is you don't want someone to see what your vote is. And it gets very complicated because we have to prove that only allowed people can vote. We have to prove that they can't vote more than once, but we can't actually see the votes that they have, right? Your vote has to remain anonymous. And then even if we can get that right, and my master's thesis involved a complicated protocol to do that, that isn't quite as simple as today's paper process. Here's the tricky part. 
we are all familiar with bugs. We've all seen software have bugs. The problem here is if the software we create to vote, say an app on your phone, if that has a bug, well, that can be a problem for the votes. If the operating system has a bug, that's a problem. If the hardware has a bug, and in fact, it turned out China hacked Apple a few years ago and inserted into Apple's hardware design this special little spying device. So every Apple laptop, the hardware had that device. So we have to make sure every layer is secure. And if it's not, the issue is someone doesn't just say, oh, I'm going to sneak in one vote. They say, using this bug, I'm going to sneak in one million votes. So it's a very high price to pay if we're anything less than perfect. And anyone who's used software knows it's very hard to be perfect. I do not think we should do electronic voting. Wow, that is that is really intriguing. I, um, it's really it just flies over my head. Honestly, I I've never been a computer person, but I've always been very like fascinated by cybersecurity and um, talking about voting and with the elections that just occurred. I wanted to ask what your opinion is on how plausible it is for um, there to be fraud in our national elections in voting. It's actually remarkably hard for that to happen at a national level. First, voting fraud, despite all the claims of the GOP, the amount of voting fraud has been extremely small. It's been in the last few years, the number of cases you could count on one hand. Now, it's not to say there haven't been cases of ballots that have confusing marks. There are cases where someone says a signature doesn't look like it matches, and those issues get resolved. That's not necessarily fraud. That's just part of the process that this is life and things aren't perfect. But actual fraud where someone says, I'm going to try to vote twice or I'm not registered and I'm going to fake a ballot, extremely rare. And even if there is someone who says, I'm going to be, we call them a bad actor in cybersecurity terms, I'm going to be that bad actor, I'm going to go and, and try to put in a whole bunch of bad votes, what can I as an individual do? So maybe I print up a whole bunch of ballots. Well, I have to either hope no one notices I'm carrying a bunch of ballots and literally stuffing the ballot box, or I have to try to run around to physical different locations near me on or a few days before election day, the reality is the number of ballots I could physically do is really limited, right? I have to spend the time going to each place and trying to pretend to be someone else and get in. And maybe I, as an individual, could do a few hundred. But if this were electronic and there was a bug, I could write an exploit. I could write some code that knows that vulnerability and I can replicate that bug and I can put in that fake vote thousands of times an hour across the entire country. So fraud in today's system, very rare. And even if it happened, it's not going to impact the outcome of the election. Wow, that's that's absolutely interesting. And, you know, I sometimes wonder if we ever will be able to rely on technology in the far future for voting purposes. It's, it's definitely a really interesting topic. Um, so transi transitioning to my next question, I understand you were the technical lead of Hulu, and I'm curious, what do you think is the future of streaming services? I know for one, it has made movies and shows really accessible, but what are your thoughts on streaming services? 
I had consulted NBC when it was still a unit within NBC called NBBC, and that unit spun out and became Hulu. Streaming services, I think, represent this really interesting transformation in our world, not so much from a technology standpoint, but if we think about the history of media, if we think about books, back in the 16th century, a book was extremely expensive, and that's because books were created by hand. Right? Someone sat there and copied it, often monks. And so the time it took to create a book and the cost of the paper and the binding was really expensive. Gutenberg invented the printing press. And from there, the price of books got cheaper. And I'm using books, but this applies to music, to radio, to everything else. The price of delivering that content got cheaper. And now, of course, with streaming services, and here we'll say whether that's Hulu or whether that is uh Kindle, the cost of delivering that service has gone to zero. And so for the first time in human history, we can now price information based on the value to the consumer and not the value of the delivery mechanism. Because the cost of producing that book went from the scribe writing for a year to a printing press to now effectively zero. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting to see how, um, like, how everything has changed, especially in media, um, in technology, it has all happened so quickly. And it feels like now on Netflix, even like everything is like all the movies, shows that people watch now um, seem to be either on Netflix, Hulu or Disney Plus. And so I was like wondering what your opinion is on the future of like media um how what do you think the path will be in the future regarding like movies and what will become outdated i think we're going to see much more dynamic experiential types of content and by this i mean we used to just read books and we used our imagination and i very much still encourage people to read traditional books and see it in your mind but then we moved to TV and movies where we had a visual story in front of us. And now as we've advanced further, I'd actually argue that the video game is almost the next evolutionary jump in certain types of, of genre, right? Because a video game, if you look at modern video games, I'm not talking about a Pac-Man or Space Invaders, that was very simple. But when you look at the much more modern ones like Halo, there's a whole storyline and you are immersed in the story. You are literally in that story and you're taking part in it. We've seen with Netflix, they have, I forget the name of the program, it's a choose your own adventure. It's no longer just this linear piece of content. And so as we can develop more complex types of media and deliver that, we're going to ask for not just, I'm gonna sit in front of this piece of plastic for two hours and have video in front of me, but I want something interactive where I can make choices or something that's not just I watched the movie and left, but there's a movie, there's music, there's games, there's some interaction, I can follow through with it over multiple days or even weeks, and that will give us a richer experience. And I think this is 20, 30 years in the future, but this is where we're moving. Wow, that, that's great. Um, video games are truly interactive, and nowadays they're also really personalized towards the user. 
And I suspect that maybe virtual reality will also be implemented more frequently. So moving on to my next question, you have created MIT's Undergraduate Practice Opportunities Program and HBS's Dynamic Markets class. And you have taught at MIT for almost two decades and annually at NYU, USC, et cetera. And why teaching? I'm, I'm really curious about that. I love teaching. It is just a great feeling to be able to help others. I myself have been successful in my career because others have gone out of their way to teach me. Now, some of that was formal. There are professors who I paid via tuition to teach me, but also other people have just mentored me and helped me along the way. And I believe all of us have something to offer. And if we can just go and teach each other, we can help make this world a better place. Now, there's a secondary advantage Teaching something helps you learn it. The first time I was a TA, a teaching assistant, when I was in grad school and I taught a class, technically I knew the content. I had taken the class and got an A. But teaching it, I got such a deeper understanding. And even this class I've been teaching for 20 years at MIT, each year still I get exposed to some new idea, some new concept, because of a question a student asks or how another instructor might position something. So the act of teaching helps you continue to learn. Yes, I know that whenever I'm studying for a big test, I know that whenever I help my friends, it really helps me learn it more too. And so it really gives me a deeper understanding of the topic. And I just find your whole career so fascinating and um, where life has led you. And you talk about networking in your book. And so how does somebody build a network and how have you done that in your own life? Great question. Because networking this is this thing that all of us has, have heard of. Everyone tells us you need to have a strong network but I rarely meet anyone out of the thousands of people I know who have ever said, oh yes, someone sat me down and said, here's how to network X, Y, Z. The reality to networking, it is about relationship building. And if you know how to have a friend, you know how to network. So I think about everyone I meet, not necessarily that they're all going to be my friend, but everyone out there is someone I should know and they all have something interesting I can learn from. Now, the secret to networking, most people think of networking as, oh, I need a job. I have to go out and network. Networking is not about how can I get. It's about how can I give. And so when I meet people, I think about I want to learn about this person. And then what can I do to help this person? And if you go in with this mentality, people will appreciate it. They'll want to engage with you and connect with you. The other common mistake with networking, don't just think, oh, I'm a computer science major, I just need to know other computer scientists. Get to know lots of different people in different fields because you never know who might be interesting to you at that time in your life, who might know someone who you need to connect to. So keep your network very diverse. Yeah, absolutely. And I love how you said it's about giving, not getting. Um, so my next question is, as an entrepreneur working on launching a startup, I'm often pressed with, um, presented with challenges, like one after another. And sometimes I wonder if entrepreneurship is not about skills or expertise, it's about tenacity and the willingness to commit. 
Um, what are your thoughts on that? I would say it's about both. You're right on that second point. The, the attitude that you need as an entrepreneur is that confidence because you're going to hear no a lot. No, I won't work for you. No, I won't invest in your startup. No, I won't partner with you. No, it's a bad idea. No, 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 no. <laughs> and you have to have this dichotomy. You have to have that tenacity to say, I know better. I know there is something here. I know I am going to do it despite all of you naysayers. I can make this happen. At the same time, you also have to have the humility to say, they're saying no for a reason. Why do they keep saying no? What is it that they're saying? How do they see it? Am I missing something? Do they know something I don't? So you still have to have that tenacity, but also keep the open mind because they might point out things that you could do better. And then underlying this is you need to have those skills, not all of them, but some skills, whether it's in marketing or hiring people or fundraising or writing code or something to actually solve the problems once you realize this is why everyone's saying no. So you need both. Yes, I completely agree. My mom, oh, she always tells me, you have the no, so fight for the yes. And oh, I love that. And in COVID right now, I feel like everything with businesses, entrepreneurship, networking has kind of been, um, it's very abnormal. And so what do you think is the best strategy in um, networking and meeting people during this time? This certainly is an unusual time. And in many ways, people have said it's harder to network because we're not out at an event. Often you go, professionals like me go to conferences, you might have events at your school and you can meet someone and get to talk to them. It's not as natural for that to happen online on a Zoom call or Skype call. However, there's a silver lining in that it's gotten easier to reach out to people. Under normal times, I would think about who do I wanna catch up with? Because networking being about relationships isn't I met this person once six years ago, it's about continuing that relationship and seeing that person, even if it's in a professional context and not necessarily a friendship context. So normally the people I'm running into are here with me in New York where I live and I'll see them at events in New York. I don't really see the people in Chicago all that often. I'm not gonna bump into them at an event. But now that we know everybody's stuck at home, it's easier for me to reach out to those people in Chicago or those people in France, or those people overseas who I wouldn't run into and say, hey, it's been a while, let's catch up online. So think larger, think outside your local, your local city, because now's a very natural time to have that larger outreach. Yeah, that's great. And definitely, I can echo that this is definitely a crazy time that I personally have not lived through in my lifetime. Um, so my next question, it's kind of a playful one. Um, what is one thing that stands out in MIT apart from its reputation? That's a good question. I would say probably our hacks. So we have a culture of hacks or pranks where we do very clever activities. For example, we have this very large dome that's a well-known building on campus. It's probably about 15 stories high. And one night, a bunch of MIT hackers, that's what we call them, 
put a police car up on top of the dome. They actually disassembled a car, brought it up, put it on top, flashing lights and everything. And when the police eventually did go up there, because they had to investigate why is there a police car up on top of the roof, there were donuts and coffee waiting for them with a note from the hackers telling them to please enjoy. So it's pulling those types of pranks that MIT is famous for. That's great. <laughs> that just, yeah, that made my day. That's awesome. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time for this segment, but thank you so much, Mark. I absolutely loved our conversation today, and I gained a lot of insight from your years and years of experience. Listeners, please make sure you check out Mark Hirschberg at his website, um, thecareertoolkitbook.com, and you can also follow The Career Toolkit Book on all social media platforms including Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Thank you again, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. I've learned so much from you. And listeners, please show your love for more segments by donating to the BTSYA 501c3 literacy charity that brings you this program at bethestarur.org. Keep listening as we have the newest edition of Jay Sports World in the next segment. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Are you a teen interested in becoming a radio personality? The Positive Message Outreach Program of Be The Star You Are Charity trains dedicated young people to be reporters and hosts on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com for information. That's ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Don't forget to tune in to Express Yourself Tuesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids, where teens talk and the world listens. If you are ready to be inspired, energized, and edutained, you've come to the right place with our two life-changing programs at BeTheStarYouAreRadio.com. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Listen for our lifestyle show, Star Style, Be The Star You Are, with our host, Cynthia Bryan. Then on Sundays at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, Teens Talk and the World Listens on Express Yourself Teen Radio. Play with with us at be the star you are radio.com and the voice america empowerment channel for teens by teens and about teens tune into the uncensored and unedited discussions with young adults on express yourself every sunday at 3 p.m pacific time and 6 p.m eastern time on the voice america empowerment channel smart tenacious teen hosts and reporters from around the country speak up and speak out express yourself visit the website for the show to find out more at expressyourselfteenradio.com and check out the show on the voice america empowerment channel every sunday become our friend on facebook post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline visit facebook.com forward slash voice america listening to express yourself on the voice america kids channel where teens talk and the world listens express yourself is produced by star style productions llc as an international outreach program of be the star you are charity for more information about our show visit expressyourselfteenradio.com now back to our star teens 
back to Express Yourself. This hour is all about education and careers. Now we are so excited to have Jay back on air with his newest edition of Jay Sports World. Take it away, Jay. Hello. Hey guys, it's Jay from Jay Sports World. As we know, today's topic is edu education. Let's get right into it. So, education is very, very important. Education leads to growth, knowledge, skill, and perseverance, and success in all realms of life. I, myself, am an eighth grade student. Education is important to me because it teaches patience, wisdom, intelligence, and also perseverance. I work very hard to maintain excellent grades, even though it is very hard. I am in all honors classes, and it can be very challenging. However, I understand the value of my edu education first. If I succeed with, within education, I am guaranteed to succeed in my other goals in life. Many great athletes in the world prioritize both education and perseverance. They may not go to college for four years, but they go to high school for all four years and they try their hardest while juggling being a sports star. Uh, one player that did that is Jalen Brown of the Boston Celtics, and he completed school with a 4.0 GPA. That's really crazy because, like, he had a bunch of games and he still got a 4.0 GPA. So, yeah. But to focus on excelling in education and sports requ requires focus and perseverance. With that, I would like to speak on a bit on I would like to speak a bit on perseverance. The Los Angeles Lakers just won the 2020 championship in the in basketball. I must say the Lakers have persevered through the most the most in sports. Hold on. I must say the Lakers have persevered the most in the sports world this year. A quick recap. The Lakers were quarantined at Disney World for three months, which sounds fun, but it really wasn't. This allows them to participate in the basketball finals via the NBA bubble. Not being an actual bubble, but being a bubble. They couldn't be able to see their family. They had to stay away from home and enduring division in the country. And living through a pandemic screams perseverance. Let's not mention these players had to maintain their mental health, fitness, composure, and to the to end, it embodies perseverance. If you're wondering why I'm talking about perseverance, I missed last week, so I'm just like talking about my script from last week. But yeah, so that's it right now. No, oh, yeah, Jay, I had no idea that the Lakers were quarantined at Disney World. That's so crazy. And wow. And I loved your segment. It was amazing. And so I was curious, what NBA team did the Lakers play against to win the championship? Um, they played the Miami Heat. They're a pretty good team. And I mean, yeah, they're from Miami, so they have to be good because they got a big fan base there. And if the Heat if the, the Heat were led by Jimmy Butler, and if you listen to my last segment, then you know that I said that he was my MVP. Yeah, that's great. For our listeners, Jay, can you clarify what a sports bubble is? All right. So basically, so it's not like an actual bubble, like one that you can blow. It's just some place that they're stuck. So like they can't go past a certain limit, and if they do, then they get quarantined for two weeks, which is like, monumental to the um, players and like their team because if they get quarantined and they lose a player and then they may lose so that's what a bubble is 
Okay, that makes sense. All right. So my next question is, how did the Lakers persevere on the basketball court? Can you kind of talk about the concept of perseverance? The Lakers were led by LeBron James and Anthony Davis. LeBron James is 36. This is a young age, but however, in the sports world, this is considered old and close to retirement, at least in the game. So for LeBron James, this championship meant a lot. Not only did he persevere when others felt like he passed his prime, he also pushed through and won a championship as a newcomer to the team. This was LeBron's second year on the Lakers. LeBron had averaged 27 points in the championship. I don't know, but that doesn't seem like he's ready to retire to me. Now, Anthony Davis is also a newcomer to the Lakers team. Anthony Davis is 27 years old and the second best player during the championship. Anthony Davis managed to, average, managed to average 25 points per game during the championship. This is amazing. This is a testament that ha- this is a testament to what can occur when an athlete pers- pers- perseveres. I'm sorry, I'm having a little bit of struggles, but I'm doing. <laughs> no, yeah, that is so incredible. Like all the achievements that they had in the past season, and to think that what you were saying earlier, they were quarantined and weren't able to see their families. And so I wanted to ask you what the dynamics are at the actual game. Are there people attending the games or is no one there? And does that kind of affect the way that they Um, There is nobody at the game. Like, there's not, like, well, there's the player's family, but that's really it. So that really affects the people, the players who are playing. Because they have, like, the fans are the people that bring the energy. Like, no fans, the players may feel sluggish on the court, you know, or just get bored. But with the fans, they bring, like, excitement, like, a bunch of excitement, and it gets them hyped up. Um, It changes – that's why it changed the dynamic, but family members can still come. So that gives the players a little bit of motivation to, like, they can show off for the family and make them proud. Yeah, I bet like that must really like the spirit of the crowd, I feel like is what really motivates them. And so without that, it must be hard. And in your opinion, what was the toughest obstacle for the Lakers to overcome this season? Um, I mean, there were so many with COVID-19 and all the social injustice and the election going on. But in my opinion, it's the passing of the late, great Kobe Bryant. For those who may not know, Kobe Bryant was a part of the Lakers franchise for 20 years. He brought L.A. five championships and was the most popular Laker of all time. I can assume this was like the Lakers losing a teammate, not only losing a teammate, but like a brother and even a father in some cases. For all of us who are athletes, we can emphasize with not having a teammate. Being able to persevere on morning is admirable. Awesome. That's great, Jay. So I'd like to end on this note. Um, Do you have any words of encouragement for young people during this time? Um, My words are just to not be by yourself, basically. You always will, like, of course you got to social distance, but, like, don't, like, go through this by yourself. Like, text someone, be on the phone with someone talk to your family, like play games with your family in the house, just stay in like good spirits and do things that you enjoy. Don't like let quarantine and not being able to see people get to you. So that's my advice. 
Wow, I love that. I totally agree with you. And I, I want to stress to the audience that it's really important to find a strong support system, whether that's your family or friends. And absolutely, I love that, Jay. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time for today's show. Um, but thank you, Jay. And thank you to our listeners for coming to Super Smart Sundays here on Express Yourself. Please support Be The Star You Are and find information on our creative community, charity efforts, and outreach programs at bethestarur.org. I'm Siri Panindra. And I'm Andrea Smith. And thank you so much again, Jay. I loved your segment and our conversation. And you have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. As always, we express our gratitude to Star Style Productions, Cynthia Bryan, Be The Star You Are, and our Voice America Empowerment Crew, especially to our voice engineer, Josh. And thanks to our guests from across the world. And a huge thank you to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Be a lifelong learner. Education rocks. And as always, remember to speak up, speak out, and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine between the lines if you will let yourself